Welcome everybody into the Taking Blake Show live from our bedroom. Uh, normally we would wait until Friday night to do a show, but the baseball team is playing at four o'clock on Friday, and that game's going to be broadcasted live on Bobcat 91.9, which will obviously overlap with our showtime. So we thought we'd get out in front of it um, and do an episode for y'all, kind of get a little, little more instant reactions to K-State's win over Oklahoma on senior day. So get a little bit more current coverage. But John, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man, uh, especially after a Wildcat win on a senior night. Uh, next thing you know, uh, my schedule is starting to kind of get busy, laid down the stretch, uh, heading into spring break. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hectic ride, but I'm ready for it. But so far, I'm doing good. Blake, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a little bit of a stressful week, but I think the you know the stressful part is kind of mostly over. So, um, especially you know, I don't know what I'm gonna do on Friday night, John. I usually spend all of Friday just preparing for a show, and now there's no show, so mm-hmm. I may have to take up knitting or something. Um. So I'll, I'll make sure to keep you guys updated on that. Um, speaking of keeping you guys updated, make sure you're following us on Twitter at shakenblake 75 So that way you're updated on when we're releasing episodes. Like when we go off script and release an episode Thursday afternoon, like we're doing now, uh, make sure to follow yeah. the podcast as well and leave a review. Um, so yeah, we're going to be kind of doing what we usually do on Wildcat 91.9, you know, recapping the OU game. We'll talk about the big 12 standings, what, what's going on in the big 12 on Saturday. I mean, there's one more big 12, uh, game left before we kick off the big 12 tournament and get into March madness. I can't believe we're already so close to March madness, but also it really, it really does. Especially when you're having fun. Oh yeah. Uh, That's what, that's what Colby Van Camp always is, uh, shows as well. And we're having a ton of fun as Wildcat fans. We'll also talk about women's basketball and baseball, what they've been up to and what they've got going on in the future. But let's start with men's basketball, John. Um, the season's not over, obviously. One more game against West Virginia, and then you got postseason play. But in terms of, you know, the first season uh, with Jerome Tang in Bramlage Coliseum, I think it couldn't have ended a better way for our home games for senior night. Um, an 85 to 69 win over the Sooners, despite a really rough start, John, starting out one for 11. Uh, we were able to cruise, um, get, you know, a, go on a 9-0 run to end the first half, take a nine-point lead, and we're kind of just cruising from there. Um, it was really great to kind of be able to breathe a little bit for most of the second half and kind of enjoy it. Um, you know, obviously Nate, Nate Aubrey get in and make a couple yeah. free throws to the biggest pop and <laughs> one of the biggest pops in Bramlage in history. Um, and get you know, kind of every every senior get their chance for their send off. Then obviously all of the post game speeches, the pregame stuff as well. It was just a it was just a great night, you know. Besides all of the basketball related stuff. Well, you know, senior night is just full of emotions, and it was, of course that was the final home game. Uh, for uh, many of these seniors and it can be tough to manage uh, some of those feelings during the game I mean you want to talk about the slow start Jerome Tang pointed out in his press conference that some of his players were trying way too hard uh, in the early going and so, uh, and some were either not trying or they were trying too hard and they just kind of looked out of whack early on uh, it just led to missed shots and sloppy poor pl- uh, sloppy play early but then all of a sudden K-State scored 75 in the final 31 minutes of the game uh, after settling in and jumping out to the 
uh, jumping out, uh, especially in the second half. I mean, you, you well, I'm, I'll take that back. Even during the first half, because what was it, like the last 35 seconds or so, it looked as if we were watching uh, a replica of the Harlem Globetrotters. Goodness gracious. Um, so you, you had some of the struggles in the first nine minutes, but K-State was able to able to overcome that. And uh, another thing to point out, great, uh, great teams may not start the best, but they're always able to recover and they're always able to fight the adversity. And this K-State team has done it throughout the year. Uh, and another example of that was last night's game against Oklahoma as well. Yeah, I mean, you talk about our our previous three wins before we were down, you know, at halftime. So and obviously, I think with senior night, you mentioned the emotions. I think it kind of makes sense that we were a little slow to start out. You know, it took us a while to even make a basket um, through a little bit of the game, but we got things going. Um, Keontae Johnson had 10 first half points. It's really helped. But in the second half, it was Naquan Tomlin's second half. He had 14 second half points. I mean, he was shooting it absolutely lights out. Eight of nine from the field made two threes as well. 19 points. He was the leading scorer for the entire team. He was a big lift for this team. And part of the reason that we were able to get out to such a comfortable lead. And I mean, hopefully he can bring something like this into, you know, our last game against West Virginia and postseason play as well. And for the first time in five games, Tomlin didn't have to go to the bench early. He did not deal with as much foul trouble as he has uh, for, throughout the past five games. And when really when he's on the floor, and we talked about this while we were working the game, he was he's really is the X factor for this team. When he runs the floor, K State's offense is at its best, and they keep on opening up uh, every uh, for everyone else. And him running the floor is a dynamic weapon uh, that they that they should resort to more often. Uh, also, also Tomlin just keeps on getting more open looks uh, around the perimeter. He he knocked down a few threes against the Sooners. Um, it was just all around a fantastic performance uh, on his part. And if he's able to step up a march, uh, K State K State has a has a whole as a slew of a whole slew of what I yeah a whole slew of weapons uh, to work with. Uh, with not just the top two scores, uh, but you also bring in Naquan Tomlin and Desi Sills as well. Which Blake, if you want to uh, point out on the, on Desi Sills and his uh, in his performance he was also incredible as well yeah I mean he had a great senior night I think he went out with a bang 15 points eight assists nine rebounds almost had a triple double I mean you know Marquise Noel who gave Naquan Tomlin a few awesome dunks um mm -hmm. you know I think I think Marquise Noel had a game you know had made some passes that he'll be remembered for on his senior night but it was really great to see Naquan Tomlin and Desi Sills two kind of our secondary scorers kind of right behind Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson, see them pop off and get their moments to shine and have themselves um, a game as well. So overall, you know, obviously the second half, there's not a lot to talk about. We kind of just went through it um, you know, kind of cruising, you know, we were, it was kind of close, John. We, everybody was wanting Nate Aubrey to come into the game and then they got it to like 10 and then you're like, well, like they're on a bit of a rod and they get 10 points. Like, are we going to like, this isn't happening. And then we got it to a few points. And uh, well, I think the crowd actually swayed um, coach Tang into putting Nate Aubrey in. Well, Oklahoma, I mean, you, you want to talk about kind of a comeback effort, a lot of defense, a lot of uh, intensity, especially on the front court. Uh, they cut the lead to 10 and, and right when they and right when Tanner Grubbs had the basketball, uh, he, he, he commits a flagrant two foul. Uh, becoming the second player 
uh, in OU history alongside with Brady Minnick, uh, who commits a flagrant two foul on a senior day in Manhattan as well. So just some I- irony right there. Um, just, just some irony. But really, after that, the game, the game pretty much uh, blew wide open. Uh, and then the seniors got the recognition. They, they left the court. Uh, and then you bring on Nate Aubrey um, as well to play in some minutes as well. So, oh, no, it was a great ending. Uh, it was a great ending to uh, uh, to this basketball game and in particular. But overall, just the cherry on top to what it was, a successful season. Yeah, just to put it in perspective. I, I, mean, I, 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 well, I shouldn't even say that because we got West Virginia on Saturday. I, I, I'm already <laughs> overlooking West Virginia. I am so sorry. <laughs> uh, just to put it in perspective, John, in the second half, we shot 71 or 70%. I mean, you're not going to mm-hmm. lose a lot of games shooting 70% in a half, especially in the second half. But, John, I couldn't agree more with what you said because it feels like, especially with the press conferences, and it was kind of seen as this like swan song for the season. And what a way to go out. But we still got West Virginia, and I mean we can go ahead and get into the Big Twelve standings a little bit, John, because there's a yeah. lot to play for in terms of seeding. Because there's a three-way tie for second place right now, because Texas uh, on Wednesday lost to TCU, and there's a three-way tie for second now. K State holds the tiebreaker over Texas and Baylor, so if the Big Twelve season or if the season ended today, K State would be a two seed in the Big Twelve tournament. So it's really right. important to get that win against West Virginia. And be able to, you know, get yourself a somewhat easier matchup. Um, you know, it's you know, because TCU and Oklahoma State are both tough teams, but I would definitely take Oklahoma State. Uh, I would rather play them in the Big 12 tournament. Well, I think if you're K-State and if it, it, well, it pretty much depends on the time of day you're playing MB for in the, on the on the Thursday slate uh of the Big 12 tournament. If you're of a four seed, which means a Baylor and Texas win, K-State and K-State loses in Morgantown, they drop to a four seed. They'd have to play in the eleven thirty game. They'd have to wake up real early and play the first game, uh, and then oh, um, and then once when you're in the if you're of a number two seed or a three seed, you'll have a little bit more time to not only rest your legs but also uh, prepare for a little bit more of a less inferior opponent. Uh, whether it's the number six seed, if you're of a num, if you're of a three seed, or if you're of a two seed, well, especially if you're of a two seed, it works out perfectly. Because then you you'll have arrested legs while the seven and ten matchup they're gonna have to play each other the night before. So uh, overall the schedule uh, the schedule could work out uh, very well for K State. Um, you just need a few scenarios to work out your way and um, it, it and possibly I <laughs> it'll possibly kind of play itself out. I guess that's the best better way of saying it and. You know, a win over West Virginia would come a long ways for K-State. And really, if it, I mean, all you got to do is just beat West Virginia and you pretty much lock in that number uh, number two seat for the tournament as well. So um, a, still a lot to play for, Blake, a lot to play for in this game in Morgantown. Uh, West Virginia, of course, they're going to have uh, some urgency as well. Not only do they want a better seed uh, in the Big 12 tournament, but they also want a little more of a, a better seeding when it comes to the NCAA tournament as well. Yeah. And this West Virginia team, it's interesting how the season is scheduled for K state because we open conference play with West Virginia and we close conference play with West Virginia. So it's been, you know, almost what, you know, two and a half months since we played the Mountaineers and um, they're playing pretty well right now. They just beat Iowa state 
Now, obviously, Iowa State's in a bit of a mess right now with Caleb's Grills dismissal from the team, and they're kind of just general poor play the last few games. So, obviously, there's some stuff going on in Ames, Iowa. But, I mean, you came close to knocking off Kansas. Eric Stevenson is a baller for them. Um, he's been playing really well. Um, so, definitely not a team to sneeze at and, you know, overlook, you know, because hopefully you can bounce back from kind of the emotions and the high of the win on on Wednesday. And it seems like they are. It seems like they're not satisfied. They're not getting tired of winning. And they're still motivated and hungry to continue and, you know, pursuit of bigger things. Well, especially for West Virginia, you want to talk about the win over Iowa State. How about the um, former Hawkeye himself, Joe Toussaint? Uh, he seems to to still hold some animosity towards Iowa State. Um, but he came in clutch for uh, West Virginia um, scoring all eight of the second half points uh, to seal the win over Iowa State in Hilton Coliseum. He he teamed up with Emmett Matthews Jr. to score ten of the last points for the Mountaineer uh, of the last twelve points for the Mountaineers uh, in the go ahead uh, late win. Uh, West Virginia they finished nineteen and twenty three from the free throw line as well, which is very beneficial because um, in that game as well. Uh, I can't remember who had the flagrant two foul in West Virginia, um, but you also had uh, – oh, it was Trey Mitchell who committed the uh, flagrant two foul. He got kicked out of a game, which uh, sent Gabe Kyle sort of a free throw line. No, it, it was either – let me think. It was uh, Jazz Koontz who, who was sent to the free throw line, but he couldn't connect on his free throws. And when you have opportunities like that, you have just got to capitalize. And Iowa State just – fell short, completely fell flat on the missed opportunities, especially on their home court. Yeah, I'd like to make a quick correction from what I said earlier. Iowa State is actually currently the sixth seed. Uh, they've fallen to eight, nine. TCU is the five seed. So in terms of a three and two, those are T Iowa State and Oklahoma State are kind of our options to play as. Uh, but John, let's go ahead and talk about what's coming up for the Big 12. This is the last game of conference play. Again, there's still a lot on the line for a lot of these teams especially for West Virginia, who I believe Jerry Palm has them as one of his last four in. And yeah. then I think, I think Lenardi has them as like a 10 seed. Uh, so fairly safe, but there's definitely obviously a uh, room for growth for West Virginia. But um, let's talk about some of these other games going on here. You got Iowa state it playing Baylor at 11 AM on ESPN two. You'd think Baylor would just be able to kind of, you know, take care of business against uh, Iowa state. Um, obviously, K-State, West Virginia, which we've just been talking about. TCU is going to have to go to Norman to play Oklahoma, finish out their season. But obviously, the premier matchup here on Saturday, John, KU traveling to Austin to take on Texas. Um, KU's already secured a regular season Big 12 title, um, so they're completely safe from there. But Texas, obviously, they want to get that two seed, so they've got a lot to play for there. Um, and it should be a really fun matchup. Yeah, you know, I mean, just kind of a disappointing effort from Texas uh, the other night losing in Fort Worth, um, solidifying KU's outright Big Twelve title. It, it it sucks to it sucks to witness <laughs> once again as a K State fan, but at, at this point I'm I'm becoming numb to it. But uh, Texas needs to get a few more guys to step up. It can't always rely on just one or two scores, but able to really carry them through. Um, I mean, they're going to have to have a, a more offensive, a uh, more offensive input from um, from some of the other web, uh, other key weapons from Texas as well. They want to keep up um, with this dynamic attack from KU, which has really progressed throughout the year. 
Yeah, one thing I do want to note, going back to Iowa State, Baylor, I'm not sure about the status of Keontae, John, or Keontae George for that game. I know he was out versus Oklahoma State. I haven't been able to find what is. They said he was day-to-day on Monday. So you'd imagine, John, he would be healthy to play against Iowa State on Saturday because he's obviously their best player. He's going to be a huge well, key for them. Well, nonetheless, I mean, you want to – I mean, despite Keontae George being a huge factor for Baylor – um, even with his, uh, even with, uh, even with no presence at all, this Baylor team, uh, can still rack up points. I mean, especially in the Texas game where the Longhorns start off with an eighteen to four lead, and not saying that that Keontae George was the ultimate factor of him going out, but um, Baylor, um, with without him as well, they're still able to generate enough points as well. So. Uh, I, I think for this Iowa State game, it's not too not too big of a concern. But if you are Baylor, you like to have uh, George back uh, uh, back for the Big Twelve tournament. Yeah, and then one last game to talk about: Oklahoma at Texas Tech. Or Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. Excuse me, Texas Tech. Um, they pretty much, unless they do something absolutely crazy in the Big Twelve tournament, most likely cannot um, make the NCAA tournament. Oklahoma State, on the other hand, they've got some work to do, John, and they need some help from some other teams. Joe Lenardi from ESPN and Jerry Palm from CBS both have Oklahoma State as their second team out of the tournament. So they're going to need to win here against Texas Tech and then probably at least win their play-in game and the Big 12 tournament. Maybe if they get some help from from some other um, schools that are, you know, on the bubble like Penn State, Michigan, um, you know, Wisconsin, um, then they can maybe get into the tournament. Maybe they need to beat, you know, a K-State or a Baylor to try and make the tournament, but they're they're really close to that bubble. Well, I don't necessarily think Oklahoma State needs to fully run the table from here on out by winning the Big 12 tournament, but uh, I mean, well, it would help. I mean, they, they lost <laughs> that status at all, uh, but, it, but they definitely need a win in Lubbock on Saturday. Uh, very likely going to be a small underdogging. It's Texas Tech, who's been feisty down the stretch. I mean, they, I mean, they surged to the finish line as Oklahoma State has nearly struggled and went on Saturday in Lubbock uh, in another difficult atmosphere. I believe it would be another quad one win, according to the latest uh, net rankings. And put Oklahoma State at six total quad one wins uh, in line of what the NCAA tournament teams would typically need. Uh, of course, winning the Big 12 tournament, I mean, winning the first round game of a Big 12 tournament will likely solidify uh, their berth. Not, uh, I mean, you have a few conflicting bracketologies on whether Oklahoma State uh, may be like fully in as like a 10 or or an 11 seed who won't have to play in the first in the first four in or you have the other bracketologies in which they have Oklahoma State playing in Dayton so um to sneak into the uh, tournament Oklahoma State has to feel much more comfortable <laughs> uh into selection Sunday by handling it, it, its business and winning yeah so let's talk about what K-State's got going on in terms of bracketology um we're just looking up Joe Lenardi from ESPN and Jerry Palm from CBS both of them have K-State as a two seed and I know you're gonna like this John Joe Lenardi's got um, K-State as a two-seed in the East region, so we're playing in Des Moines. And then Jerry Palm has us in the South region, which is in Denver. So two not bad trips. I like the South region very much. Two not terrible trips to make 
for um, K-State fans if you're looking for those first two games. Obviously, the Midwest region has the Sweet 16 of the Elite Eight in Kansas City, which would be great. But to get those first two uh, you know, games pretty close to home is really nice. The way I see it, John, I don't know how much wiggle room we have. We got to beat West Virginia, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think you'd think, you know, we beat West Virginia and then we win, you know, our first Big 12 tournament game. And then maybe if we lose to Texas or Baylor, you know, that's 25 and eight um, and you're losing to a you know, top 10 team. I think that yeah. would still definitely put us on the two seed line, even if we lost in the semifinals of the Big 12 tournament. I I completely agree. I think the other thing uh, you have to point out with the Midwest region is um, just the ultimate resurgence of Kansas because now they're getting to a point where not only are they finishing in the top four, number one overall seeds, but they're likely going to get the guarantee to play in Kansas City with the like thirty minute travel. I mean, it's it's a suburb as well, so <laughs> it, it it makes all the sense in the world, but. Um, K State, but in terms of Jerry Palm's bracketology, it does it does all pan out uh, to their advantage. I mean, of course, you get to uh, what is it, like a five to six hour road trip to Des Moines, um, but at the same time, uh, a trip to Denver also doesn't hurt anybody. I mean, as as a as a person who has people in Colorado, I would love nothing more than to go back there uh, to see my cats play. But um, those are two great great locations for the tournament and i think k-state at this point is um especially where where they're at in the season um compared to where we were a couple weeks back when you had the two game losing skid with texas second oklahoma it looked as if k-state was going to be kind of teetering on the top four fence uh like top 16 fence um and if you're able to get high enough in the top 16 uh then you're able to likely get the guarantee of playing closer to home uh whereas if you had like um whereas if you had tcu as a number five seed right now in palms bracketology they're playing in orlando uh st mary's is in albany uh and uh uh who else xavier's down in orlando as a four seed as well so if you want to i mean so as long as k-state keeps on winning they'll have a guarantee of playing uh, in one of the in one of the two uh, closest uh, closest locations, whether it's Des Moines or Denver. Yeah, and it would definitely be great to have it close to home. Something else I think is just fun. Um, in both the brackets, they have Miami in the same region as us. Again, I think it would be just it would just be a little nice fun homecoming for you know swagged out, um, Lambert not probably not Lamborghini, but you know, uh, clouded up natural pack. Mean- I mean, we we beat Marcus Foster in 2019. Yeah, I mean, we, we can we can we can screw Nigel Peck squad over. I I think that would be very fitting. Look, 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 I I I it's not it's not that I'm mad about Nigel Peck deciding to go to Miami, but it's the fact that he's not using that he's not saying that NIL is the main reason why. Uh, uh, that well. He's not using NIL as the main reason why he chose Miami when they're when he exactly chose NIL uh to go to my I mean I don't know it's just uh, but his statement on leaving K State to go to Miami just left me with a bad taste I I understand if he wanted to go to Purdue or Ohio State uh that's perfect close to home if he wants to go to Miami as well that's great but he shouldn't but he shouldn't mention 
uh, I'm going to benefit with a lot of NIL money now. I don't think that's allowed in, in college sports from a player's perspective uh, these days. But, man, I mean, just <laughs> he, he just left it. He just left a sour taste in my mouth, as well as a lot of other K-State fans on Twitter. Yeah, well, it'd be really funny. There's a lot of people going around on social media bringing up the tweet from uh, Oh my Kevin uh, Kevin Katzman. I don't remember. I don't know how you say his last name, but you know that you know in like April of 2022, the Jerome Tang era is a complete disaster. He couldn't keep Nigel Pack. You know, it's it's gone completely wrong. And you know, to keep the receipt from that to see where we are now is just. I mean, it's just absolutely hilarious. It is. It, it just so much irony. The funny thing is, he did not. He has not deleted his tweet since then. And what is it like, one hundred and sixty plus quoted tweets um, <laughs> from from that? It's uh, it's abysmal. One hundred sixty nine. Uh, that that's pretty nice. Uh, but I mean, it just calls it a complete disaster. But, but, but I mean, he's he's high. He's calling the the coaches who 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 uh tang's hiring as as cronies just like come on y'all uh i mean what's even more what's even more pathetic is his bio on twitter like what is it casey history sports illustrated top, top 10 it's he is he's he's an awful he's he's terrible <laughs> as a radio host he's terrible yeah. Yeah, we made fun of him for it then, and we should make fun of him even more for it now because it's yeah, we're yeah, we're just milking it in now. Yeah, we really are. All right, well, let's not let's not beat a dead horse too much, John. Let's go ahead and move on. Let's wrap up with some other K State sports that are going on. Um, let's talk women's basketball first. So they took on Oklahoma on the road in Norman on Wednesday as well. Uh, this was kind of a crazy game. Um, Oklahoma got out to a 24 to eight, you know, first quarter lead. They were up by as many as 22. K-State comes all the way back. Uh, we have a lead near the end of the game, but they make a last second layup with two seconds left to go to OT. And then we're just not able to pull that out. We lose in overtime 90 to 86. Despite the fact, I mean, we've mentioned in our last shows, John, how great Serena Sundell has been these last few games for the Cats. You know, she has 33 points in this game on really great shooting. She was able to get to the line, but it just wasn't enough for K-State to pull out a road victory over the Sooners. Well, I mean, K-State was up by two possessions. It was 77-73 with 27 seconds left. Um, I, I was watching it a little bit during halftime at the men's game, but Oklahoma, I mean, they just clawed their way back. I mean, Skylar Van for the Sooners. Uh, squared the game at 78 um and it just all it, it just all kind of went downhill uh right after that buzzer and uh i mean it was just a really big opportunity lost i mean you had a few inbounds passes that were taken away um some pretty bad officiating um because serena i believe serena sundell got uh got hosed uh from another um, from a bad foul was a uh, bad foul call as well. I, I I can't fully recall what happened there, but nonetheless, I mean, just a great effort overall from uh, from a team, especially just the adversity uh, being down eight. Uh, what is it? Down eighteen to two, or oh no, it was like twenty four to eight. Um, but they were able to bounce back, and they came as close as possible to 
uh, putting off the upset, but you know, it, it, it's college basketball. You're just going to have a lot of these up, up and down momentum swings and Oklahoma at the end was just able to pull it out. Yep. Unfortunately able to pull out the win. So they fall to 16 and 14 on the season, five and 12 in big 12 play. They have their last um, big 12 game and it's a home game on the Saturday, March 4th against the Texas Longhorns at 4 PM. It's on ESPN Plus in Bernamage as well. Um, you know, I would say to come out, support the Cats, and still do, but um, it's a little tough, you know, given that, you know, March 4th is fake Patty's Day. And, oh. uh, yeah, Manhattan's going to be pretty crazy. Um, so, um, you know, it's not exactly probably the most, the best time to, you know, make a road trip and bring your kids to Manhattan. Uh, so if you – I you mean, know- well, I mean, in terms of the – yeah, in terms of the game itself, that's fine. Just avoid the east side of campus, which yeah. <laughs> you kind of live around, Blake. I'm I'm kind of worried for you, uh, having to. Well, I'm working to... this game, so. Oh, you. Well, I'll be. Yeah, but like, what? Once when you. My oh, drive home is going to be interesting. <laughs> I don't know what like, I'm going to do. Well, well I, I mean, you, you just have to try and find a way to get out of your house to get there because I mean the game starts at four, so you're probably going to have to show up early. And meanwhile, you're going to have a bunch of drunk people probably lying on the road. Uh, it's going to be, it is, Blake, I'm just telling you, man, I'm I'm worried for you. I'm worried for you. I'll, if, I'll you make... if you need a designated driver, I mean, I mean well, come over. Okay, I'm not going to show up to work drunk, John. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think I'll be okay. I'll find a way to get home. Uh, I'll just listen. I'm not a big honker, but you know, I'll do what I got to do. Then you can get uh, the left. Then you can get the leftovers, uh, leftover beers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That are lying on the road. All right, John, let's, let's transition. Uh, K-State baseball, unfortunately talking about another loss. This one just extra brutal. The, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, you know, after losing all three games, the round rock classic, I think this was kind of a, you know, at Omaha on Tuesday, but kind of a chance to kind of, reset turn the page before you have your first homestand of the season and it looked like that was going to happen john you know you're up six to one um you know after the top of the fifth but i mean omaha just they storm back and they win the game six or seven to six excuse me so after the four no start cats have now lost five in a row that was only omaha was one and six coming into this game uh, just a really unfortunate series of events after, you know, I wouldn't say expectations were super high for this team, but, you know, after you start 4-0 and to kind of go out in a way like this, especially, I mean, back-to-back losses in brutal fashion in the eighth and ninth innings with what happened um, against Iowa and now what happens against Omaha just kind of has to be, you know, um, just a little heartbreaking. But and the funny thing is that uh, Pete Hughes uh, pointed out we played poorly tonight, um, which really in the in the first uh, first six to eight innings it didn't look as if that was going to be the case. But at the bottom of the eighth inning, uh, Omaha they scored four unanswered runs in, in the bottom of the eighth, uh, turning a three run deficit into a run uh, one run lead, and it was just. Oh, overall disappointing. I mean, just a complete momentum shift. Um, it, it's it's a terrible loss. I mean, this this Omaha team coming into this uh, coming into this game, they were they were one and six. 
Uh, I mean, listen, I, there's no, there's no other excuse to try and find it away. It was just, it was just an absolutely terrible, terrible loss. Um, Cole, uh, Cole Winsenbacher, uh, he was received the loss after allowing two earned runs in the uh, second and third innings as well. So just in, in the pitching staff allowed seven runs, uh, I mean, five earned on, on 10 hits with, with five walks and, seven strikeouts as well but again i mean you you just didn't play you just didn't play your best down to the wire and i'm not i'm not trying to point fingers directly to be Hughes, but i mean this has just kind of been an occurring theme that's occurred with k-state you know you're just gonna you, you have some of the better starts um, but next thing you know you're gonna have another team that's gonna have their momentum swing and uh pete hughes is uh, and the coaching staff, they just haven't made the adjustments possible to fully um, to fully seal K State um, uh, to seal K State uh, when it comes to having the overall advantage. It just looks like it's it's been a collapse after collapse after collapse. It's just it it hasn't panned out. And and at the same time, we saw this with Iowa as well uh, down in Round Rock, LSU as well down in Round Rock as well. So. Just a disappointing loss, but hopefully we, we're able to turn it around against what should be a pretty interesting matchup in Army uh, uh, on Friday. Yeah, K-State's always tended to play better at Titan Family Stadium. They're 21-7 and last year, despite having a you know 500 record overall. So hopefully they can continue that good home play as they op- you know, open it for first homestand of the season against Army and Stonehill on Friday through Monday. Um, it's going to be really nice weather. It's going to be start to get a little nicer into the 60s. Um, so definitely a great time to go out and see a baseball game. I'm sure the, the, the Army and Stonehill baseball teams are glad to get out of the Northeast and enjoy some good, <laughs> enjoy some good weather, which is yeah. weird because, which is weird because, it, because typically, like, well, you know, all, all the Northern teams, they travel to the South for like the first week or two. And they're just enjoying the weather down there. And Manhattan, Kansas is is historically known to having cold weather to the point where we have well we had to travel south every year. Well, this time we're we're actually hosting uh we're actually hosting uh well I mean I guess it's kind of later in, in later end of a non conference slate, but uh you get not only get one uh one team in army, but you also get Stonehill. It's kind of like a miniature invitational that you're that that's happening at Toyton. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, again, we can hopefully get some wins, kind of get back to above 500, get back on the winning track. So that's going to do it for us here, the Shake and Blake Show. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Shake and Blake 75. Follow the podcast, leave a review. We will be back on Monday to recap the West Virginia game, talk about the other games around the Big 12, and we'll preview the Big 12 tournament. And uh, we're getting so close to March Madness. Uh, I can't wait. So. <laughs> Kansas City is going to be a blast. Uh, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm excited to announce. I'm also, uh, calling for Wildcat ninety one nine, uh, for the Big Twelve, uh, championship down there. Um, it, it's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of fun just seeing all the fan bases, uh, making the trip, particularly from from Iowa State and Kansas as well, because they they travel, uh, great as well. Hoping, ho- hopefully, we get a lot of Wildcat fans down there because. I mean, we 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 travel down there for Nebraska. We we can uh, for the Nebraska game. We can make it to Kansas City again. 
Yeah, we didn't even think. I mean, you know, we we thought this team would be good when we were playing Nebraska, but I don't think we expected them to be this good. So it should be a great atmosphere inside the T-Mobile Center. So again, we'll be back Monday to recap all things K-State sports. And Katzman Andy. Katzman Andy. Ema. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.